0: On the track. What is up Fins fans, it is your boys Nick Imperato and Sal Siciliano back at it again at the All in All Fins Podcast here to talk about on today's episode, The D-Line Group. Check it out, listen up, let's go.
1: In not so surprising news, Jamal Adams <laughs> uh, said that he a big reason why he wants out in New York is because of Adam Gase. And let me just start it off asking simply: Are you are you surprised? Are you are you shocked in one way?
0: Not at all. Am I surprised? Um, I mean, right? Like you think about Jarvis Landry and Jordan Phillips um, when Gase was there; they were just so outspoken and. Um, <laughs> were passionate on the field and, and Gase didn't like that um, it's kind of how Jamal Adams is he's pa- very passionate on the field um, you could see that if his, his frustration gets to him a little bit kind of like how it did with Jordan Phillips and, and Jarvis Landry in Miami but I mean those are two perfect examples he traded those like, those guys got traded at, and I, I believe that it was because of Adam Gase um, and, and I believe that Parker Gase just didn't like Parker for whatever reason <clears throat> um, and I believe that if Gase was there another year, Parker would have got traded.
1: Multiple um, people had, not to cut you off, but multiple people reported that Gase said, if you don't stop acting up or whatever or the case may be, um, I'm going to ship you off to Cleveland. And that's exactly what he what he did. Can you imagine, like, just... just Cause this is fresh on my mind. Like, what do you think a fair asking price for somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster is? Like, honestly, right now.
0: Um, I would say at least a second. Um, Probably a second
1: or a third or a first alone.
0: Something like that, and then maybe like a, a later. We got a fourth
1: thing. and a seventh for Jarvis Landry.
0: Yeah, that was stupid.
1: He was. He was the. League leader in catches in his first four seasons until Michael Thomas obviously took the record. But, um, I mean, the dude was the heart and the soul of the team, and Adam Gase shipped him off. And now we got players doing the opposite where they're shipping themselves off because they don't want to play for Adam Gase. I think it's really interesting.
0: Yeah. Honestly, like, it just, like, sucks to think, what if Jarvis was still on the team? I loved Jarvis Landry. He was awesome to watch. I love the passion he played with. Like his last game in Miami, when he got all upset and got in a little bit of a scuffle. Like, I loved that. I was amped. I mean,
1: Kenyon Drake whipped he, a helmet across the field.
0: Yeah, like you just like obviously you know some some stuff is a bit extreme, um, but like you just love to see them playing with that passion and seeing that emotion. And sometimes it does go a little far. But like if you know that a guy's playing with that much emotion and passion? Like, why would you not want him on your team? He's going to fight for everything.
1: I mean, he's like a dictator. Yeah. I'm just not surprised. And I wouldn't be surprised if if Le'Veon Bell tries to pull the same thing, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, he said some stuff about Le'Veon. Like, somebody, I forget what it was exactly, but, like, he was asked a question about Le'Veon, and he said that, oh, I don't decide who's on this team or something like that. Just kind of, like, not like, oh, yeah, Le'Veon just carried us even though we did bad but like carried the team and did gave everything he had no no respect towards Le'Veon just like yeah I don't know
1: um Adam Gase is a clown
0: I mean it kind of sucks though because I do think that he's got a really good offensive mind he just doesn't know how to handle a locker room and handle players
1: I agree um just to touch on this cornerback list I'm sure you've all seen it um Byron Jones and Xavier Howard both made the list. Um, I don't agree with the way the list is comprised, honestly. I think Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in the league right now. Um, I think that Trey White is probably the second best um, corner in the league. And then, you know, I Byron Jones is probably three or four for me. I know Jalen Ramsey's up there. Um, Darius Slay's up there. Um I think Marshawn Lattimore is all right. I think he's a little overrated. He's probably closer to the bottom half. Um, But what I really want to talk about more than just the individual guys and where they rank on the list is is the duos in the, like the tandems in the league and where they stack up. And I, you know, we're going to talk corners in a couple days, so we won't push it too far. Um, But I think a big thing that will play into it is. Once these two start to get on the field and you see them ball together and they're both healthy, because if you think about it, you're coming. You got a Byron Jones who got paid a ton of money this year, and then he and he had no interceptions. He hasn't had an interception in two years, which is mind blowing. And then Xavier Howard off a you know a year where he got an interception against the Steelers and then pulled himself out of the game and then ended up on IR. So. Um, I think it, it will be a different list once these two get the ball out together, because I think they're probably, if not the best, um, number two.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, it is, you know, there's a reason why they aren't as high as they are right now, um, but I do, I do agree. I, I think once they start playing together, they're really going to help each other out, um, because I think... believe we've talked about it on here the stats with byron jones against some of the top receivers in the league so if teams know that they can't target their top receiver they're going to try to target Xavier howard and Xavier howard as we all know is a ball hawk so i I think they're going to be able to like help each other out and byron jones you're going to really see lock up guys early and Xavier Howard's going to get some picks, and teams are going to realize that, so they're going to start turning towards Byron Jones a little more, and he might get a few picks. So I really think they're just going to help feed each other the ball and and help each other be able to make plays on opposite sides of the fields.
1: And the less that we hear their names, the better, honestly. Because, you know, they're not going to talk about if they got a couple interceptions, you know what I mean? They are going to talk about if they get burned and if they're not the tandem that we hope they are. So, But, um. We'll go on to what we're going to talk about today and we're just going to continue the position group breakdown. And today, um, basing our defense on a 3-4 setup, we're going to do DNs and nose tackles today. Um, which I think is probably one of the more interesting position groups on the D line. And it is going to be more interesting to see the rotation that they get versus, you know, who actually gets the most playing time. Because I think that a lot of guys, like, for example, Shaq Austin's the first guy on my list. He didn't start one game last year. So I'm not looking too far into that. I'm just kind of looking to see where they can contribute, where can where can they make this team better than they were last year. And two things stick out to me. they got to be better in the run game. And I think Miami's team has been terrible against the run for as long as I can remember, especially mobile quarterbacks. And when how can they get to the quarterback and actually sack them? Um, and then, you know, I love that tackle for lost stats. So, um, you know, that's what I'm more interested in. Where can this team get better? Not, you know, not exactly who plays the most snaps. Cause I really don't care who starts and who plays the most snaps. Cause it might be different every week. And that's, that's a Brian Flores thing to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, we've talked about all how versatile this defense is and all the guys that we have um it, it, i believe that it's going to get a lot of rotations in and, and there's going to be so many packages and you might it might not even you might not see um three down linemen in all the time we might do like a, a, a two four five kind of thing have five dbs or six dbs out there where you're going to take a, a linebacker away or a d a d lineman away um so these guys are going to be playing all across the d line um and I'm, I'm excited to see what Flores does now that he's got more versatility and, and better players. I believe, you know, with the uh, uh, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Agbar, I think upgrades in Taco Charlton um, and Charles Harris. So <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> so uh, I- I'm excited to, to, to see what he can what he can do with this defense and spice it up. Um, I mean, if we're basing it off a of 3-4, uh, how I have it right now is Shaq Lawson um, I think will get the most time uh, at a 5-tack with Christian Wilkins at a 3-tack and then Godshaw over the center at a 1-tack. Um, I think those will be, like, the three main guys on the D-line and, and where they're going to play a lot this year.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I think, um, like, if I were to say who I think the three best linemen are, I think Shaq Lawson, um, Christian Wilkins, and-, and Devon Godshaw are the best. Um, whatever way that they line up, most likely you're going to have Godshaw over the center like you said. Um, but starting at Shaq Lawson, I mean he's 6'3", 267, which is par for the course. He's a former first-round pick, which um, you know doesn't mean too much. But he's coming off his best season. He played 15 games, 6.5 sacks, 13 tackles for loss, which is a huge stat. You really cannot look over that stat. Because once we get farther into this, I'll show you how important that that stat is. He didn't start one game, like I said. Um, And the thing that I'm most interested about is how can Brian Flores unlock the player that he is? But even more than that, he's rejoining former teammate and former coach. Christian Wilkins from Clemson, and then his old D-line coach, Marion Hobby, who was his coach who kind of maybe coached him up to be a first-round pick. So I think that's something that's really important and cannot be overlooked. Um, And then the competition with Emmanuel Agba, because I think they kind of overlap each other. Um, But I do think Shaq Lawson is a better player than Emmanuel Agba, and he does fit the defense better. Um, and he also was on a. He was also quoted to say he's looking to get ten sacks this year. So um, I like that he's got a goal in mind and that he's you know gonna be searching. And I think that um, two games out of the year he's gonna be balling out um, against Josh Allen and the Bills. And then he's also comfortable and knows um, Sam Darnold and, and the Patriots offense. So. At least he's staying within the division, um, and I think, you know, I really do expect him to have a big year. He's probably who I'm most excited about on the D-line this year, besides Christian Wilkins, probably.
0: Um, yeah, all good points, honestly. I, I completely went over my head didn't even think about the Christian, Christian Wilkins and Shaq Lawson being on the same team in college. Just didn't even register. Um but again, I, I, I was actually going to ask you who you were going to be most excited for, and you you know you kind of answered that, Shaq Lawson, who I am also the most excited for, um, to, to see what he can do this year. But, I mean, you, you know, you set his stats, didn't start. Um, he played less than 50% of the defensive snaps for the Bills and still got six and a half sacks. So I'm, I'm looking for him to be big on third down um, and getting after the quarterback. I think he'll probably be our leading sacker this season. Um, and I I think he could easily get 8 to 10 sacks. Uh, I don't think that's too far-fetched for him. Um, I believe he's going to get more than 50% of the snaps, Um, and I I think he's got more talent around him than he did in Buffalo, especially in that front seven than than he had in Buffalo. So I think it'll help free him up a little bit and and get to the quarterback a little quicker.
1: Yeah, it's a fresh start for him. I think that's really an important thing too. Um, And, you know, he may prefer to play in the heat and not play up in, you know, the frozen tundra of Buffalo because God knows I wouldn't want to be there. Uh, what do you think about Agba, though? Do you think he um, battles him for a starting spot or um, not really?
0: Um, I think – so I think Emmanuel Agba, um, I, I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's more of a situational guy. I, I think Shaq Lawson will be a three-down lineman – like 75 to 80 percent of the time you know bearing what package we're running and you know what the situation is um but I think Agba is going to see most of his time coming in a a third down or automatic run situation so I really think Lawson is going to be the starter and get more playing time over Agba I think Agba can push him a little bit um I'd be surprised if Agba gets over um Lawson uh you know during the season but I mean, I, I think he'll. I think he'll still get a lot of playing time. Uh, but like I said, I think especially on third down, and you know, I, he'll rack up a few sacks. You know, like three, four sacks. Um, nothing special, but.
1: They were playing the rerun of the Kansas City, and uh, Titans. Or no, was it Kansas City and the Texans? And I heard Agba's name like three or four times and I probably watched just two three quarters of it um and I heard him specifically on running down so I think that like you said he's gonna be a big running run down run situation um the end uh he's good at setting the edge uh one stat that I did notice with him is he he does bat a lot of balls down he's got a lot of um pass deflection so I like that um, he had, you know, he had six tackles for loss, but 11 quarterback hits. So he's getting to the quarterback. Um, he he does have that experience of winning a Super Bowl, so that's cool. Um, and he he does really add a lot of depth that we were missing to the D, D line and um, competition for Shaq Lawson and any of the other guys that are going to play D end or any other position, because I don't think there's one guy on this. I, I mean, I looked at this whole list and there's one person that I think is going to play strictly nose tackle. There's in that, and that's Benito Jones. If he makes the team, I don't think there's one person on this D line that I think is, is going to play one position only. Um, so depth is important, is important. And, um, just a little side note that i didn't know he has a torn pack and he's coming back off that which i honestly had no clue about so um you know i think i think it'll be good 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 for the d-line and and our d-line is tenfold better than it was last year
0: fun fact on emmanuel akba uh he was born in nigeria if you didn't know that moved to the united states at the age of nine and he has the nickname of the nigerian nightmare
1: Nice, I like it. <laughs> I will be yelling that, hopefully, at my TV screen this year.
0: Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, some other guys that I have that will be end-type guys, um, I mean, I really think, I mean, like you said, though, not, not everyone's going to be playing, like, one position on the D-line at all times. And for me, Agba and Lawson will be more of, like, a, a five-and-out tech um, at majority of the time, I'm sure they're going to play fours and threes, depending on the situation. Maybe rushing from the inside, standing up, doing all yeah, that shit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think majority of their time is going to be spent in a five or further out tech um, along with uh, a guy in Jason Stowbridge. Um, you know, he's not. He doesn't really jump off the uh, uh, page. Um, he doesn't put. He hasn't put up great numbers um, in college. I think he had a total of like ten and a half sacks. Had two and a half um, last year in in, in 2019. Um, so, I mean, I lost my train of thought. But I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition, unfortunately, with those two guys um, or with those guys on the outside. Um, you know, I think it'll it really will be Lawson and Agua for the most part.
1: Yeah, I, I got some notes on Jason Strowbridge. I, I was interested to see how this pick materialized because um, he's a little bit different. He's a little bit taller than the other two guys. Um, he's a fifth round pick, so he's got an uphill battle. I think he's a good candidate for practice squad. Um, but there's two things that stood out to me when I was looking up looking him up and, and for you know doing my research on him. Um, he is a standout special teamer. Uh, he's blocked a, a field goal or an extra point every year of his college career, which is really interesting. Um, he he lives in the backfield. He's got a ton of tackles for loss in his college career, but he does not have a lot of sacks. So, tells me he's pretty good in the run game probably. Um, and he stood out in the Senior Bowl. So I think that really helped him. I, he had a really good senior bowl. A lot of people were talking about him. And um, Z- um, Lance Zerline, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a big scout. Um, he said, quote, physical, good length, tough, and heavy-handed. Um, I, underla- I underlined heavy-handed because that is a trait that you will hear over and over and over and over and over again when it comes to um, Brian Flores or Bill Belichick-style defense alignments. Um, that first initial punch on a on an offense alignment is so important, and that's why um, guys that you know are more of a speed rush style um, aren't going to be you know the target. And if they fall into their lap, that's one thing. Um, but that's unfortunately why, like a Cameron Wake doesn't fit in type deal. Um, and he said he in 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 line said he he flashed during the Senior Bowl. So he ran a four eight nine. He's quick. So he's got a good first step. He's got long arms. He's tall, and he's got a heavy punch. So I think he could materialize into something. So I'm excited. Um, I have a lot of faith in what Brian Flores can do, but I also have a lot of faith in what Marion Hobby can do. Because if you just want to go back and look at some of the D line that have come out of Marion Hobby's locker room, or like you know his position group, it's crazy. They had three guys in the first round last year. So um, I think that that's that's going to be huge for the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, he, like you said, a guy like Cameron Wake doesn't fit in um, to this defense that well. And a guy like Stowbridge, he's really your traditional, I mean, for lack of a better word, traditional, like 3 4, um, 2 gap defensive end. Um, that, that's, he's, he's like a, I think I could see him a lot mostly on um, running situations rather than, um <laughs> uh.
1: uh uh you going to make it over there or what?
0: Yeah, no, I just saw your text. <laughs> oh. Well, I
1: heard our producer t- typing over there, so I was just I was making just, sure you didn't was, need any information, dude. I was just
0: looking something up.
1: Oh um. man, are you going to hit me with some facts? No,
0: no, 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 no.
1: Um,
0: um. no. Were right, you looking
1: at Jay Cutler taking shots at Adam Gase on Twitter? No,
0: actually. I yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. I gotta look that up, I gotta have to wash that after. This. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Alright. <laughs> um Yeah. So what are you watching?
1: There? <laughs> oh I was I was gonna send you that Jay Collar video while you were talking and and then something else some nacho video popped up, so I'm just gonna put my phone away while we finish this.
0: That's a good idea. So. <laughs> Alright, um Interior are you done with Jason
1: Stowbridge? Can yeah, we move yeah, on? Yeah, whatever. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll go. You collect your thoughts because this is the easy one.
0: Go. All
1: right, fine. All right, go ahead. No, no, go no, no, ahead. If you're, you're collected, if you're cool, calm, and collected, let's hear it. Come on. I shouldn't
0: have a lot about Stowbridge, but I'm talking I'm talking big. I'm talking to these interior defensive linemen. Devon Godshaw, Godshaw Christian Wilkins. Well, I'm these
1: not, are two. You're not I'm talking there?
0: Well, let's just get this dude out of the way. Did you write anything? Do you
1: got anything about Tyshawn? No, Tyshawn Render.
0: No, actually, I, I didn't.
1: I, I just Okay, I just got a quick note about him. So this is a guy that you saw during the combine working out in mid-March in Middle Tennessee for Bill Belichick, and he ends up signing with the Dolphins in UD- UDFA over Bill Belichick. I just had to put that in there. So he decided to come play for Brian Flores over Bill Belichick. So.
0: Dude, guys like playing for Flores. Flores is like the player's coach.
1: It, it, you know what it reminds me of, kind of? So, in college football, this is a really big thing. Uh, like, ex-players will donate money to the school so their football team can be better. Um, and and they have a lot to say when it comes to who the head coach is. And I swear that the player endorsements that Brian Flores gets, you would think that he was a college coach because that, that's how it works. Like, you, you get fired as a college coach if ex-players don't watch you. It happened in, in Miami with Mark Rick. Um, like, uh, Mark Rick had them as a the number two team in the nation at one point, and then at, um, the next year they were, like, 500 when they were, should have been a championship contender. Um, and then Manny Diaz comes in. I know I'm probably not talking about anything you know about. I don't know if you follow Miami University. but um, And then he comes in, and he, he does the same exact thing. So, um but the, like the, like you said, though, the player endorsement that, that Brian Flores gets is actually ridiculous, and that's how we end up signing players like um, some of the huge UDFAs that do come here. Like, like I'm sure Preston Williams had a, a contract from 30 teams because um, he balled out in Colorado State. So um, I'm ready to talk about the big boys if you're ready.
0: I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to start? No. Good. (laughs) Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Is the producer ready? I don't know. Let me check on him. Ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshaw. These are two guys that I'm also very excited for for this year. Um, And I'll tell you why. Um, Wilkins had a total of 56 tackles. Uh, 30 solo, Godshaw 75, 33 solo. Um, Wilkins had three for loss. Godshaw had four for loss. They each had two sacks. Nothing crazy and outstanding. Uh, I mean, Gottshaw, the, the tackles honestly, is impressive for a nose tackle. He get 75 tackles. I think that's really great. Um, that means
1: you're a baller in the run game. That's what that means.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I look at them to, to really get after it in the run game, and I think I emphasized for these guys to be huge in the run game. I'm talking – you know up those tackles for losses you know the sacks they could have one sack this season for all i care that that's not going to be their job their job is going to be taking up blocks getting the big guys on them trying to force a double team on them to free up the outside and just get into the court getting to the running back uh um, getting to the play early on trying to get more tackles for loss stuffing it up Godshaw did a really good job that last year and you know for you know your prototypical nose tackle. He is a little smaller. Um, he's 6'3", 310 You know nose tackle. You might want him three thirty at least three forty. Um, so so for him to play nose tackle, be a little under size and still get seventy five tackles is awesome. And I looked at, uh, for him to build on it. Um, and isn't he? He's on a contract year this year, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to be wanting to get some money. He's going to be trying to ball out this year. So I really look for him to have a great year this year. And that will not only help him out, but it's going to help Wilkins out. Um, because if a lot of pressure is getting towards Godshaw, I look out for Wilkins. He's could, he could be the guy one-on-one, get some stops in the backfield for a loss in the run back.
1: So I, I looked up this stat because I was really curious. after Because when I write down people's information, I always write down their height and their weight. And so I'm looking at these guys and I'm seeing like 315, 311, 313. And then the the weight for Benito Jones was all over the place. I couldn't find a consistent number. I ended up finding a 329 weight, um, which is probably not what he's weighing. Um, but also the stuff on the internet a lot of times is what they played at in college or what they weighed in at the, the combine. So these guys are always going to be a little bit heavier when they go and actually play games. Um, but the average nose tackle weighs 320 to 350 pounds. Um, and I actually have somebody that that is like the perfect candidate to play nose, nose tackle for this team, which I doubt will ever happen. Um, but let me let me piggyback on the gotcha thing. Like you said, he's in a contract year, so I think the most important thing for Devon Godshaw this year is starting fast, like having a huge breakout first four to six games. Because if if he follows suit with like uh let's just say Devontae Parker or uh, Eric Rowe or somebody like that, um you know he could get extended early in the season, and what that's going to do is that's going to make sure we don't got to fight for anybody in the off season, which I don't think there's going to be too much. Um, too many teams that are really looking for Devon Gaucho, but that's just going to probably make it cheaper for us to re-sign him, and it's going to give him that security to keep balling out all year. Um, so I think it'll be really important for him to start fast, and one thing that's really important about Godshaw, he'll probably be a captain this year, and this, he's going into his fourth year. He's only missed one game his whole career. His rookie, it was his rookie year, so um, I do think he's a little small for a nose tackle. I could, I hope he put on about 10 pounds this year because if he comes in about 320, uh, he could be dominant nose tackle, and the 75 tackles for somebody in tier, inside like that really just proves that. Um, Godshaw... Um, what I, I mean, Wilkins, what I love about him, again, he can play anywhere in the D-line. He can play offense. Um, I do think he had a, a, what I would consider for the 13th overall pick a down year last year because he did play a ton, a, a ton of reps. So I do look for him to have a way bigger year. I think his expectations are through the roof being a first-round pick. Um, but I do think Marion Hobby again that name um, being on the being his coach again is going to be huge. I think the talent around him is only going to make him better. Um, so I mean he's the he's he you can see him being the heart and soul of this team um, from an energy prospect or not prospect uh, energy standpoint because he's rushing onto the field to celebrate with people when they score touchdowns or when they get do something good. So Wilkins is important. Gacha is important on a contract year. These two together are going to play a lot of reps this year. So, um, you know, that's really all I have on those two. All right,
0: who's your? Who's your, I want to hear your, your nose tackle. Who's this nose tackle
1: you think about? Oh, I, we already talked about him, but it's uh, Damian Harris. Oh, signing him. Yeah, him up. I would That'd love
0: to. Nice. I would love to sign him, dude. That'd be solid. Yeah. Um. What about uh? talked about him guy on the team last year freaking oh john uh, Jenkins. yes yes thank you you know he's
1: not that he uh, he's a big dude he's like 350 pounds but if he does come back he'll probably come back during if like somebody goes down i don't know um but i just see like guys like this like avery moss uh he only played eight games last year he's young and cheap he played he was draft here his first year was 2017 with the giants didn't play in 2018 played eight games with us last year uh, I'm not going to spend any time on him. Um, Zach Sealer though, is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure where he fits into the line, if he's more like a Wilkins where he's not going to play nose tackle, but he'll kind of bounce around between like two and three tacks. Um, he flashed last year against Cincinnati, um, and I think he has a really good chance to make the team. I think that um, um, they really liked what they saw from him, so... I yeah. do, do not sleep on the do not sleep on him making the team.
0: He's still young, you know.
1: Yeah, Snacks uh, Harrison is three hundred and fifty one pounds. Like, sign it's me a, up.
0: That's a big dude.
1: Sign me up.
0: Big dude. Think about him in rug packages.
1: Plant his ass over the center and feed him a full course meal. <laughs> Seriously. But anyways, let let me let me move on. To, I'll save Raekwon Davis for last because he's kind of a really interesting prospect. Benito Jones, undrafted free agent, um, nose tackle only. He only played nose tackle. He cannot play anywhere else. Um, do not ask him to play anywhere else. He will not play anywhere else. Um, he's got a gigantic wingspan. He had like the second biggest wingspan in all of college football or something like that last year. Um, but hes I did see he was 330 pounds at one point. Somebody recorded him at that much. So he's the biggest dude on the team. Um, even if he comes in for third and one, third and two, whatever, whatever, uh, goal line situations, um, feed him, put him on, slap his ass on the, on the, over the center as well. And just tell him to fall down. You know, that's how I feel about nose tackles. But, um, Rayquan Davis, did you have anything to say about Benio Jones or no? Uh, or Zach Sealer?
0: Not really, honestly. Uh, I mean, the way I see it, I don't. I don't think Benito Jones makes the roster, honestly. Um, Probably not. Sealer, but- Sealer maybe. Um, I don't. I don't have too much to say about either of those guys. Um, but let's. Uh, I want to talk about Raekwon, so let's, I want to hear what you have to say.
1: This dude is a mountain, dude. He's 315 pounds. And what I think is the most interesting, and I would really love to know that the answer to this is why he went from. 8.5 sacks and 10 tackles for loss his sophomore year to 5.5 tackles for loss and, and 1.5 sacks his junior year. That's 7 sacks less. And then his senior year, he only had a half a sack. So um, I want to know why the fall off because if he was eligible after a sophomore year, he probably would have been a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. So, um, And I think that he had Brian Flores so excited and, and now, like, don't get me wrong. There's a chance that he was on Zoom or Skype with somebody that had him laughing or smiling about something else. But everybody's gonna go ahead and assume that Brian Flores was overly excited about Raekwon Davis. So we'll just we'll just go with that. Um, I know his best attribute is his first step, and I think that he could also play basically anywhere on the D line, which is important. Um, But I really think that if Brian Flores can tap into his talent because he clearly has talent playing at Alabama and and producing the way he did his his sophomore year, um, I think that that is going to be an absolute steal in the draft if that's the case because he could have been a potential first-round pick if he even kept up half of what he did his sophomore year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was looking at his stats, too. Uh, I mean, you look at 2017 for him, and it was just a crazy year. And then it just kind of slowly goes down um, for him in all categories, really. So um, I think if anyone's going to get the most product out of him, it's going to be Brian Flores. He's really going to get after him this year. I think, you know, picking him where we did, um, you know, Flores is going to invest some time into him. He's not just going to take him, you know, just to take a guy you know he's gonna he wants to see this guy produce He know this he knows this guy can produce um the way he played at alabama in 2017 it was his best year also he had a pick that year interesting enough you don't think a guy that's six seven you know three ten plus is gonna get a pick
1: probably batted up in the air
0: no come on he was corner he was covering a wide receiver watch the film he was split out wide um
1: he was probably playing free safety, dude, strong safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, like you said, it's his first step is, is something that has been uh, is notable about him. Um, and if he can, I think you'll see him, you know, back it. I, I, I really see him being the, the the third D lineman, if you will, um, behind Wilkins and Godshaw, are you know, for those interior type guys, you know, outside of Lawson and Agba, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of rotation in with Wilkins and Gacha. Um and with his size. You know, don't don't sleep on him on special teams. I'm sure they're going to want to get him up there to block some kicks, block some field goals.
1: You know, it, I swear that I can't remember who it was the linebacker for Alabama last year who was in the same position as him and he almost got kicked, I think he either did or almost got kicked out of the National Championship game two years ago because he was fighting. Um, but they always got some, I know Raquan Davis has some questionable character attributes and, and all this stuff. But I really don't care about that. I really don't because again, Preston Williams apparently had character or off the field issues and he didn't hear about any of that. Um, and especially you hear about it a lot when guys get hurt and they're not around the team and they're not focusing their life around football and you didn't have that issue with him. So um, I'm I'm not worried about off the field stuff, but um, I, all in all um, we have a solid defensive line.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for what we have to come, you know,
1: in the way it's set up is, besides Godshaw, I mean, it's set up with a bunch of young guys, you know what I mean? Shaq Lawson yeah. and Agua are on two- and three-year deals. And Godshaw's not that old. No, I mean, none of these guys are old, so, you know what I mean? This will, You know, we'll probably get Shaq Lawson for three years and, and or two years, you know, but, you know, we'll see what happens after that. But that's all we got for you today. Um, whatever you're listening to this on, if you're listening to me and sale speak about your Miami Dolphins, why are you not subscribed yet? And if you are subscribed, why have you not left a review yet? Do me a favor. Leave me a review if you're listening on Apple. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your dad. Whoever is a Dolphins fan. Your mom, your auntie, anybody. Follow us on Twitter. I mean, yeah, auntie. Yeah, auntie. Follow us on Twitter. All in all, fans. Follow us on tw- Instagram, tw- Instagram, all in all fence.
0: Follow us on Twitter.
1: Twitter, Instagram, all that. Facebook, I don't care. All in all fence. Oh.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, what happened? What?